0: Of Psalm 55:22, he says, "Cast your burden on the Lord, and He will sustain you. He will never suffer the righteous to be moved." Amen. So good to have. Well, these guys are awesome. I'm, they're just awesome. <laughs> we are so blessed. And uh, Tristan and Tessa all the way from Auburn on drums, and we're grateful for them. Wow, what a, what a privilege to be in the presence of the Lord. And So I want you to think about this. I know there's some Tennessee family tuned in. My daughter-in-law usually tunes in, and, and some others that are headed this way are tuned in. But when I think about... What I shared this morning that we need to dismiss our preconceived ideas of how church is supposed to be. Because I believe that He wants us to understand that that we are created to be in relationship with Him. And you know, when you think about the the righteousness of God, I I remember Second Corinthians chapter five, verse twenty-one. That said he was made to be sin for us. That we might be made the righteousness of God in him. John says, as he is, so are we in the world. So if we through faith have received that gift of his righteousness, we are as righteous in the eyes of the father as his son. I don't believe legalism and and the law has ever helped anybody straighten up. I mean, I'm a prime example of of how that, Paul said when the law revived, sin revived and I died. So Paul has to straighten out the Galatians lovingly and said, if the law could save anybody, then there would have been no need for the grace that comes through the sacrifice of Jesus. Paul said it like this. In Second Peter, he, says, he said, we're not redeemed with things that are corruptible like gold and silver. But we're redeemed by the precious blood of Jesus. And when you think about Jesus, let me just take you here for a moment. And uh, you, you understand that, we, we, as I shared with you, we, we leave church sometimes and we say, boy, he showed up today. And it's not the case because we showed up and because and, and you can't get away from his presence. We actually, as we inhale, the, my humanity is this flesh that's, that's, that's getting old and one day will pop over with a thud, right? Yeah. But this God part of us is our divine nature that we've been made partakers of. And when I inhale, I'm still breathing the breath God breathed in the nostrils of Adam. Uh, that breath was continued down through the ages. And you understand that, that there's a new, there's a, the last Adam, not a second Adam. A second would imply there's going to be another one, but Jesus was the last Adam. <laughs> So we're not connected to the old sin nature. We've been made partakers of the divine nature and we've been given all things that pertain to life and godliness. When and I want to talk about astonished hearts. I want to talk about astonished hearts because I believe this is going to be so transformational. It's going to be so life-changing because the struggles that you and I face... And trying to fix ourselves has always been futile. <laughs> the struggle that we face in trying to fix others has been futile. We want our kids to get to do right. Come on, good luck with that. <laughs> because they're individuals and we have to find ourselves in a place. Let me tell you what happens when you get, your heart becomes astonished. By this beloved identity, understanding how deeply you're loved. When He ravages your heart, I've had people say, "Well, I, I've had I met Jesus, and but their life doesn't it doesn't reflect that." Come on, you understand. When you meet Him, there's something that happens to you that He will ravage your heart and your heart will be astonished to the point that you'll be saying what can i do to please him Amen. what can i do what what can i you're not trying to to stop anything because that love and that that I eye, those eyes that are fixed on you, and all of a sudden you come through the power of the Holy Spirit, and you understand that the struggle is not yours. That what God said to Joshua to Jehoshaphat when they were outnumbered in Second Chronicles chapter twenty, He said, "You don't need to fight in this battle because it's not your battle." Uh, you understand that that He had already uh, destined the enemy to be defeated. Jesus, before he went to the cross, said, the Holy Spirit's coming. He's going to convince the world of righteousness, of judgment. He's going to convince the world that the, the prince of this world has already been judged. <laughs> He's already been judged. He's defeated. He's a coward. He picks on babies. You understand. He, he's 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 more afraid of you and the Jesus in you than than you are of him. So I want you to think about this for a moment. You know, you know, when Moses is at the burning bush, right? The ground was not holy because Moses was there. The ground was holy because the whole earth is filled with his glory. Come on, it wasn't just that spot. But, but he, this is his creation. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. I want you to think about this. Uh, here, here's the, I believe here's the, the, the real beauty of what the Lord wants us to know. That's why I tell you that we need to come to church and dismiss any preconceived idea of how it's supposed to go. Because we're, trying, we're changed from glory to glory. You understand, He don't want us to come into His presence and discover this beloved identity and how much we're loved to create another Hallmark movie. So we can go out and tell everybody. No, no, let me tell you what happens when you come into this beloved identity, this understanding of how deeply you're loved. It it, it becomes transformational. When we come into a service like this and I leave, it's not over. When you leave, it's not over. <laughs> I want to tell you that, that sometimes I've made the mistake of saying we had church today. No, no, we are the church. Yeah, we are. We're his body. The, and he's the fullness of him that fills all in all. I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. And you understand that uh, the best you is yet to be. Look at your neighbor and just prophesy to him right now and tell him the best me is yet to be. God was in the bush. Do you know in the Hebraic and the, the patristic, which is where we get the word in the Bible, pater, father, the early church fathers, the Hebraic and the patristic never had a concept of God being somewhere out there in the distance. Somewhere up there. Come on, I'm going to help somebody. They, the, here's what, when you, when you see that scripture in the Bible that said, come up here. He's not talking about God's way out there somewhere. It would be like me saying, my wife, come up here. Come on, I want you to see this. It would be like saying, come up here. Because what happened when, when they knew where he was? Once a year, the high priest would go in to offer the blood on the mercy seat in the Holy of Holies behind that veil. But it wasn't always going to be that way. It was for certain people. And the Holy Spirit would come on certain people for certain purposes at certain times. But there would come a time when the Spirit of God would come and be freely given to all flesh because Joel prophesied in Joel 2.28. He said it shall come to pass afterwards. After what? After that the locust and the canker worm and the poma worm and the caterpillar have eaten your harvest and there's nothing but dirt. Let me tell you, I was sitting there minding my own business yesterday meditating on him and all of a sudden I saw a a picture and I knew where it was from. It was the dirt in my garden and it went from dirt to lush and, and a harvest that I couldn't even imagine. He said, I want you to begin to see that it will come to pass afterwards, says the Lord, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. The harvest that's been stolen from you, God's able to take what's left, which may just be dirt and he's able to cause a harvest to come up for you and let me tell you there's nothing you have to do uh, to get him you know we've lived so many years thinking we need to convince god that i'm good enough or convince god that 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 i'm worthy to receive his love and his grace and his abundance but you understand it's not in my performance no. it's not in my perfection by a long shot come on somebody there's only one man who ever lived perfect. Amen. So so I want to, here's like the Lord just really dealt with me. He said, I just need your permission. I'm not waiting for you to get perfect. I'm not waiting for you to perform the right lethargy. <laughs> Lit- uh, well, <laughs> liturgy is what it is. <laughs> Liturgy, but you know, it's, it can make you lethargic. <laughs> he said, I'm just waiting for permission to love on you. I'm waiting for you to let me. <laughs> we need to let God love us. <laughs> Come on, I, I want to I show you something. Here's the, I believe here's where the Lord wants to astonish our hearts he wants to ravage our hearts with this notion you understand that it was over and over Jesus at the baptism this is my beloved son yes, sir. Yes, sir. in whom I'm well pleased it was in his identity, his assurance of who he was yes. <laughs> come on Mount of Transfiguration. Peter wanted to build three tabernacles. But the Father's voice came and Jesus said, listen to him. And the Father said, listen to him. This is my beloved son in whom I have great delight. Come on, you understand. He didn't leave me and you out. If we are in Christ... I'm talking about he's going to ravage your heart Amen. to the point that you no longer struggle with who you are. Amen. One of the things that I believe that people in church and, and the religious religion message is always try harder, right? That's the message. Oh, yeah. Try harder. Mm-hmm. I could never, I was always frustrated because I have a good day and the next day I feel like maybe he might be a little disappointed with me because I didn't understand who I was, who he created me to be. If he said, let us make man in our image, that's poor, right? There's more than one. I believe it's Father, Son, and Spirit. Let us make man in our image, in our likeness. So God's not alone. Because if he's alone, where's he going to express his love? If he's love, who's he going to express that love to? No, they're face to face. They're face to face, pros. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with, pros, God. Face to face, with God. Relationship. Relationship. Wilona said it last week when she said, you were asked to stretch your hands toward Greg. And she said, I, I realized that it it was like revelatory that it wasn't my hand, it was his hand in me. Amen. Come on, somebody. It was his hand in me. Christ in me, the hope of glory. So let me tell you something. When you think about this this astonished hearts, I want to talk about sin. I want to talk about sin. What is sin? Well, we have the King James Version. We have, it was translated in the 1600s, right? So if you look up the Greek definition of sin, it's hamartia. It means to miss the mark. We've heard that all of our lives. It means to miss the mark. But let me tell you what the root word there means to be without a share without form he told Jeremiah he said let's go down to the potter's house Woo. let's go down to the potter house and, and Jeremiah he went down he said I saw a work on the potter's wheel it was the clay in the hands of the potter and the Bible said that the clay was marred in the hands of the potter But he didn't throw the clay away. And he's not about to throw you away. Because what you invest in, you won't walk away from. And he has an investment in you that is priceless. So the Bible said he made it again. Another vessel. That seemed good for him to make. Whew. So... It was no coincidence that when Judas threw the 30 pieces of silver down to the priest's feet, they refused to put that money in the treasury because it was blood money, so they used it to buy the potter's field. Do you understand the potter's field represents broken pottery? It was where the discard was. Let me give you a deeper definition. When you think about sin, it means to be outside of the blueprint. To live counterfeit. Come on somebody. To live outside of the blueprint that you were originally designed for. And one reason people do that and they struggle with it is because they don't know who they are. They don't know they don't understand the blueprint. They don't understand the blueprint of how he sees you. Solomon says it like this. My beloved is mine, and I am my beloved's. Isaiah says it like this in sixty two, verse four. You've heard me quote it many, many times. No longer will you be called forsaken or abandoned. I'm going to give you a new name, Hephzibah. It's the Hebrew. means my delight is in you. I'm going to call your land a different name too. It's not going to be barren or unfruitful. Let me tell you, it didn't surprise me when I showed up down there in Wilcox County because he had already told me, he said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get some stuff ready down there and I'm going to have you come down on a weekend. I, I knew it was supposed to be ministry about ministry about him, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he said, he, he told me when I was leaving, he said, I'm going to tie a big one out for you next time. He said, because <laughs> he ain't done, right? He's not done. So the favor of the Lord will come on you and you under, when you understand who you are, you don't have to make doors open. No. You don't have to get frustrated when they are closed because He's got you. Right. <sighs> let me show you something. If, if you need a text, let me give you one. This is so good. It's going to be a sight, y'all. I'm telling you. I want you to look at Romans 12. Verse 9. I'm going to read it first from the King James. And then I'm going to read it from the Passion. How many know that there's so many interpretations of the Scriptures? We need the Holy Spirit. My prayer has been, Holy Spirit, teach me what it looks like yes. to have Christ in me. Yes. We have an idea, but let me tell you, it's going to astonish your heart. It's going to ravage your heart to the point that you, you're just going to be relentless. And you're going to be totally, he wants us to be totally free. So it says, let love be without dissimulation. That's how hypocrisy. Aber that which is evil, cleave to that which is good. Be kindly affectioned one to another. Remember Jesus said in Matthew 24, in the last days many would be offended. We got a woke culture. They call it the woke. They're not really woke. And they get offended. They want to promote their ideas. But they want you to come on board with their ideas no matter how bad it is i don't care <laughs> i don't care because you understand that we're going to stand, we know the truth and the truth is what makes us free they're living outside the blueprint and and it's up to you and me let me tell you what god wants us to this, this coming into His presence and being in the presence of the Lord by the power of the Holy Spirit, knowing He's in the room and our hearts become ravaged because we discover how much we're loved. It's not about uh, what you've done, your past. He, he's, he, he loves you because of who you look like. When He looks at you, He sees His reflection because you were born with His image. You understand you came into the world not by accident. There's no such thing as illegitimate illeg- illeg- children. Come on, you understand there might be some illegitimate parents, but there's no such thing as an illegitimate child. God sees them, and He, David said, my days are written in your book. Come on, somebody. He wrote my days before I ever took my first breath, and I want to get on board with him so I can know what the blueprint looks like, so I can live to the fall and enjoy the journey and be totally free from the trappings of religion and the trappings of opinions and the trappings of circumstances (sighs) (sighs) be kindly affection let me tell you he feels the same way about Barney as he does about me he feels the same way about you he feels the same way about you and you let's look Ooh, Lord Jesus I'm just going to be on I'm going to be like Enoch we're going to walk with him until all of a sudden we're not Enoch was not for God took him Ooh, where'd pastor go? I don't know. God took him. (laughs) Come on. Where's David? I don't know. God took him. (laughs) Come on, somebody. I believe that God wants us to come into the place where we're so transformed by that, that astonished heart that we become so effervescent. Me and Jerry talked about it. You understand, we become so luminescent. You know, scientists will even tell you that there's more energy to you than there is matter. And that energy is closely related to FOSS, light. Jesus said, You. Remember, he said, I'm the light of the world. Many, any man follow me, he will not walk in darkness. Then in John, he says, You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill that cannot be hid. Look at your neighbor and tell them. I've been, they've been trying to hide me too long. Go ahead, tell them. <laughs> it's about to get real. You know why? Because he, he don't, he don't ravage our hearts and astonish our hearts so we can go out and tell everybody he wants us to be so, turned into the light that we go out into the darkness and let me tell you what it'll do it changes we can come into the place of his presence and we can be disciple. we can know the word and we can know what, uh, what, which direction be led by the spirit but you understand it will change your perspective people that I used to look at differently because they had an alternate lifestyle oh People that I used to look at different because they were struggling with addiction. People that I looked at that other people would tell me, why don't they just quit? It's not that easy. That's why the Lord... Ooh. And, and I want you to know what, what happens when your heart becomes astonished. It changes your perspective, your perspective in how you see others. Amen. No, I'm not talking about agreeing with the sin that takes them out of the blueprint. But you see them even when you don't know them personally. There's something in your heart that reaches out that you want to be luminescent to them. So you start praying for them. I don't know them, but I'm going to pray for them. Instead of talking about they, instead of talking about what they're doing come on somebody. That's why it's been 24 years ago. I I was, I was at my mom and dad's house and my cousin had come home from, uh, come from Harpersville and had lunch with us. And she was just a woman who had the Holy Ghost on her. She's still up there, I guess. And she had her mouth, she hadn't even finished eating and she couldn't, I was in dad's recliner. I had finished and my dad was in there. She walked in there still chewing and pointed her finger at me. And said, so God's about to open doors and there's some young men that need to hear your message. He's going to connect you to some young men that need to know there's hope. And he, let me tell before I ever came into contact with Turning Point, God already gave me a, pre- a preview of what he had planned for me. Because you, you see, when he transforms your heart and your heart's become astonished, <laughs> One criticism that the Pharisees had with Jesus, they came to the disciples and said, what is he doing? He's eating with publicans, tax collectors, and sinners. Because he had a different perspective. He didn't look at them with the religious eyes. Let me tell you something. Have you ever thought about Jesus at the well with one of the most promiscuous women in Samaria. There's some people I wouldn't trust at that well with her. But you understand Jesus knew who he was and why he was there. Come on, I'm just going to be real with you. And the reason people struggle with that is because they're out of the blueprint. They don't understand. Jesus had, had a great, uh, I, he had a great knowledge of who He was. His father kept confirming to him, "My beloved son in whom I'm well pleased." He's sitting alone. He sends the disciples because he already said, "We must go through Samaria when no Jew would ever go he would go out of his way to to keep from going through samaria jesus went out of his way to go to samaria and he'll go out of his way to get to where you are no barrier he's sitting on the well in this lone figure of a woman who's had 5 husbands and the one she lives with now is not her husband but Jesus sees a woman and he engages her in a conversation let me tell you what I believe the Holy Spirit's going to heal some hearts because you've been betrayed by men if, it's, if you're a woman and you've been betrayed by somebody and, and your heart's been broken I'm telling you I just want to prophesy to you that the Holy Spirit's about to heal your heart he's going to mend it Because he's going to heal her heart. Jesus said, give me to drink. She's astonished. How is it you being a Jew or asking me a Samaritan for a drink? He said, if you knew who was talking to you, you would ask him and he would give you living water and you'd never thirst again. He said, are you greater than our father? You don't even have a rope or a bucket. I love it. I love Jesus. Man, he's amazing. And Jesus said, he, she said, uh, this is Jacob's well. This is our father's will. Our, we're ancestor of Jacob. And so you remember Jacob was a deceiver, he grabbed his brother's birthright, grabbed the blessing, but one day he grabbed God. Wrestled with God, and God changed his name. He walked with a limp after that, because you understand—you get touched by Him, it'll change the way you walk. You'll you'll go you'll walk in a different way, and and we see Jesus at the well, and and ultimately. She said, "Give me this water that I'll never thirst." And Jesus gives her that well, and her heart is ravaged by this man that loved her in spite of everything in her past, that loved her where she was, that met her where she was. Yeah. Didn't beat her up because of her failure, but spoke to her future. And she leaves her water pot. She forgot why she came to the well to start with because she found out it was amazing. Her heart was ravaged by this man who looked at her, who changed her life forever. And she goes in and preaches and says, Come see a man that told me everything I ever did. Is not this the prophet, the Messiah? And Jesus stays two extra days because they're being ravaged, they're being astonished. And they're being transformed. That woman, the, the historians say it was Fotini. Her name was Fotini. And ultimately, she followed Jesus till she became a martyr. She, she gave her life because she refused to denounce the name of Jesus. She kept being luminescent, letting her light shine because she had been ravaged by this love. That pales and everything else pales in comparison to this amazing love. So, sin means to be outside the blueprint. It means to live a counterfeit life, a life where you miss the mark and you miss the form. Now, let me. Did I? I didn't read it, did I? From the passion. I need to. Where? There it is. Hang with me. (laughs) This is so good, Lord. It's amazing. The passion, it says, let the inner movement. Remember, King James says, let love be without dissimulation. This says, let the inner movement of your heart, a ravaged heart, astonished heart, always be to love one another. You can't really love others until you know how much you're loved. Never play the role of an actor wearing a mask. Social media. Oh my goodness. Have you ever thought about on Facebook you never get the real story? I mean, I'm not there's some good things that happen on Facebook, but the people that they're not going to tell you their, they're not going to give you their dirty laundry. The Eagles sung a song. They want me to do karaoke with it all the time. It's called Dirty Laundry. And if you see any, any videos out there with the preacher singing dirty laundry, erase it. Because <laughs> he says, despise evil and embrace everything that's good and virtuous. Be devoted to tenderly loving you fellow believers as members of your family. Try to outdo yourselves and respect and honor Of one another. Be enthusiastic to serve the Lord. Keep your passion toward Him boiling hot. Radiate, there we are, with the glow of the Holy Spirit and let Him fill you with excitement as you serve Him. It's not boring by a long shot. I used to be because I used to be trying to try harder. And boy, always frustrated till I surrendered to have my heart astonished by his love. He says, let this hope burst forth within you, releasing a continual joy. Don't give up in a time of trouble, but commune with God at all times. Commune. He longs. We have an invitation to be transformed. I want you to stand with me and astonished hearts. Let me tell you the world will put a title on you and the world will measure you, they'll compare you by education they'll compare you by status they'll compare you by your bank account that's not the way heaven does it father looks at you and he sees his fingerprints all over over this extravagant amazing expression of love love So he came into my darkness. He's in the garden. I I remember being in the traditional place. There's olive trees in there that's in that garden that's like 3,000 years old. They're gnarly, but they're beautiful. They would have been there when Jesus was kneeling and praying his high priestly prayer. I got pictures of them. They would have heard it when Jesus said in John 17, 3, Father, this is eternal life. That they know you. And they know your son. Now watch this. He said, Father, I'm coming and I know you're going to restore the glory that I had with you. You know what I believe that glory is? It's the face-to-face the whole earth is filled with His glory. Many are so close, yet in their minds, they don't acknowledge how close they are because they don't know how much they're loved. So Jesus said, the glory you've given to me, wait a minute. He said, I have given to them so what are we going to do with the Old Testament scripture that says he said I'll not share my glory with another what are we going to do with that if Jesus said the glory you've given to me I've given to them it's not a contradiction because if we are in Christ we are not another we are one Ooh, He's going to ravage your hearts. He's going to astonish your hearts. I believe 2024 is going to be a year when God will astonish your hearts. When you stop focusing on trying to find your affirmation from others and how they treat you, and you start focusing on Him, you know why the temple veil was rent? so there's no separation That's right. glory, 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 glory. no separation no <laughs> separation Christ in you oh, Jesus if you're here let me tell you what sin will do and I want to tell the young people this too sin's very attractive. It's very popular. Sin is a deceiver because one scripture says the pleasures of sin last for a season. It's very attractive but what you won't know is it's very destructive. And there's so many who've missed Seeing their destiny and their purpose. I told a young man, I said, I know what your purpose is. I know that a lot of religious people try to tell us what our purpose is. Well, you have this gift, so your purpose must be this or that. No, no, just get rid of that. I know what your purpose is. Your purpose is to be astonished, to be loved. I was born because he wanted me, not because he needed me. That's right. yes, sir. <gasps> what did I have to offer? <sighs> I mean, he'd just ambush you out of nowhere with an overwhelming sense of having an astonished heart. If that's you, you say, Pastor, I want to have that astonished heart. I want him to, to help me to understand how deeply he loves me and i want to live free from all that i've struggled to try to overcome that i couldn't i'm telling you it'll happen it's amazing i can i can bring it that young man Braxton i could bring him right here and he would tell you that his greatest freedom came when he discovered how deeply he's loved i know i know we're supposed to repent that's the message of the bible but you understand repentance comes from the word metanoia metanoia means to change your mind now let me let me just elaborate change your mind about sin about where you've been change your mind about what you've been made to believe that you come to the place where you fit into the blueprint that He had for you all the time. Let me tell you, he's, he's showing me the way. I pray, Holy Spirit, teach me. Show me what that's like. Help me not to miss it. Don't let me be deceived and keep my spirit right. There's a knowing. So if that's you, I just want you to come and stand across this altar area and say, Pastor, I've been wrestling with some stuff and I'm tired of wrestling with it. I want to give it to Him. I want to know and have my heart astonished by Him I want the inner movement of my heart to be that I am deeply loved. Beloved identity. You understand what comes with that is beloved righteousness. You know what righteousness is? It's right relationship. Because when you're in right relationship, you, you don't have to struggle to be righteous anymore. You're qualified. He was made to be sin so that we might be made righteousness. So I want to pray this prayer with you. If that's you, you say, Pastor, I want to see him like I've never seen him before. He's he's been chasing after you all this time. Come on, come on, right now, right now. Pastor, I'm ready. I'm ready to walk in the fullness of who I'm intended to be. I'll receive everything. Now, here's what we're thankful for. You know, we, when we come and I talk about the Eucharist, being thankful, here's what the Holy Spirit said. And, and my prayer is not to pray the right prayer, to pray, to be in conversation with my Father in the name of Jesus. My prayer is based on the finished work of Jesus. So we're thankful. When we come in here to worship, We're not trying to get God to move. Come on, somebody. When we come in here to worship, we're thanking him for the finished work, for the fullness that we are complete in him. We are thankful. I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. I want you to stretch your hand this way. And even better than that, if you feel it, I want you to, if you don't feel it, come on, come on. I want you to stand behind these that have come to pray. ¡Oh, Rambo!